Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we approach this scripture this morning, Lord, I ask that you put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And if I misspeak this morning, Lord, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If you want to turn in your Bible to Acts 16, 22 through 30, we'll be there shortly. Acts 16, 22 through 30. So I have, I have shared with you before that, that I was baptized at about nine years old. And I was a member of the Jan Lee Baptist Church in Burke Burnett, Texas. And at that time, the ladies of the church believed that it was time for a group of us boys to be baptized, to strengthen our relationship with God and with the church. And so we did. We went down there and were baptized. But you know, the thing is, at nine years old, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue about what it meant. I didn't know. But I did it anyway. In fact, the only real memory I have of it is that it was bitterly cold that night. And coming out of that baptistry, I had to walk outside around the building back inside. And it was cold. My aha experience with God didn't come until about 20 years later. I had, I had kids at that time and I felt that God was calling me back to church that God was calling me back into that relationship. That's that prevenient grace that we talked about over the last couple of weeks. And prevenient grace, I wouldn't understand what that meant for another 10 years, but, um, but that's what it was. But at that, point, at that point, I finally began to understand who God was and who I was as well. It was life-changing. So I know that many of you have probably had an experience maybe similar to that. Maybe you were baptized early and didn't really get it till later, you know. Teenage boys tend to leave the church, and I did for 15 years. You know, some people do that. For some of us, it might have been in a Sunday school classroom where some lady told you exactly who Jesus was and all the stories. And many of you can probably remember their names. I don't, I don't remember I don't remember one specific lady, but I know many people that do know one specific lady that taught them about Jesus. For others, it may have been just a friend that said, hey, let me tell you something that's going on. I know at the time when I started back at about 30 years old, when I decided to go back in the church, I was listening to Christian radio a lot and figuring that out. And there were so many good groups with good songs that were ministering to me through song. At the time, I didn't understand all the theological things that were going on. Maybe you didn't either. But our lives were being changed. We were being called into service. Our, our scripture today is Acts 16, verses 22 through 30. It says, The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they gave them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he was supposed, 
supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and, the rushing in, and then rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I titled today's sermon, Obedience. So Paul and Silas and Timothy and probably Luke, they all had this ministry where they worked together to, to share the good news about Jesus. They traveled around and they shared the good news. And God gave them purpose and direction. And they were obedient. Much of the time, we don't know what God is up to, right? We, we can just guess and hope even. But we don't know. So we, we trust and we obey God. And we believe that God has the bigger picture in mind. You know, we, we see in the small where God sees in the big. And our obedience to God allows God to accomplish His purposes through us. God uses various means to speak to His people, right? God may use other people to confirm the message and, 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 and assure us that we are on the right path. Whatever God chooses to use, it's our responsibility to take action, right? And to obey what God has revealed to us. also shared to you that, that, that out somewhere out on the Bluebell route, God had spoken to me, uh, you know, in, in circumstances. And, and I believe that my job, my, my focus was to go into ministry and move forward with that. And, 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 and maybe in ignorance, but I call it in obedience, bless you, I, um, I quit my job at Bluebell. I just walked in and told the boss, I, I got to quit. He said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know exactly yet, but I think I'm going into ministry. And he said, well, do you have a job lined up? No, I don't really have a job lined up. He said, that doesn't sound very smart, Donnie. Have you ever known me any different? <laughs> so I quit. She was behind me. She was okay with it. Quit. And you know the rest of the story. But we trust and we obey what God has called and God has revealed to us. We're called to be doers and not just hearers of what God is saying to us. Paul and his companions were doers. They were willing to travel to Philippi to share the gospel and to see that someone was saved because of it. When we obey, God makes things happen for God's will and God's purposes. So this passage that we're in today right here in Acts 16, it comes to us just after they are faced with this, this demon-possessed woman, and she's harassing them, and she's going around and she's saying things too, uh, and it sounded like, almost like she was trying to spread the gospel with them, but she wasn't. She was, she was spreading falsehoods. She was twisting the truth, twisting the scripture. We, we, we know that you can make scripture say anything that you want it to say, just take it out of context right but she was she was twisting the truth up and changing things and Paul couldn't have it so Paul turned around and cast the demon out of her said demon go stay out of our business and it wasn't simply because she was annoying him but it was to shut up the false demonic message that was warping the truth of the gospel that's our job too and they paid dearly because when that happened, the magistrate said the magistrate took them and they ripped their clothes off and they flogged them with rods and they tossed them in the, in this, in the dungeon and they locked them up. 
And they put a, guy, a guard in front of them to make sure they didn't get out. And they told the guard, if they get out, we're going to kill you. So it says, what's funny, it says, in about midnight after all of this, Paul and Silas were singing hymns. You know, it's been a long time, but the last time I got beat up, I didn't think about singing hymns. When we are obeying God, sometimes we find ourselves in bad circumstances, maybe even tragic and unfortunate situations. Remember, we were never promised that this life was going to be easy. But instead of focusing on their misery and on their circumstances, they rejoiced in the Lord because they knew He could be trusted with their lives. God was going to take care of them, however that looked. They didn't know how that was going to look. But they found freedom and deliverance and an opportunity at the same time to lead another. Because when the chains fell off and they didn't leave, they, they saved that guy's life. And then he wanted to know about this great God. We can also find and give deliverance if we can keep our perspective and learn to rejoice in times of trouble. I shared in part on Friday... 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 8 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And this, this verse says that everyone who believes in God is to be thankful. With their, there are things that are going to happen in our lives that, that are not... Um, that, that, are, that are not hard to be thankful for, right? It's easy. Birthdays and weddings and, and love and family and babies. Honors at the choir, solo and ensemble. But some things happen in life that are very difficult. Death, right? Illness and divorce. How can God expect us to be grateful in those times of hardship? But the verse doesn't say be thankful for all of our circumstances. The verse says be thankful in all our circumstances. Whatever's going on, whatever's happening, wherever we are at, we can be thankful in our circumstances because God's going to take care of us. The Hebrew word for in is in the middle of or during. So no matter what is happening, that we can be thankful. There's a long list of things in the Bible that God tells us that we can be thankful for. We can be thankful that God is good. We, there's no doubt in my mind that God is good. We even say it, don't we? We say it as a church. God is good all the time. Thank you so much. Whew. Man, that just nearly fell right there. The whole thing just nearly fell apart. We're thankful that God's love lasts forever. Scripture's clear. He's going to be with us forever and always, never leaving us. We're thankful for God's grace. God has been so merciful and graceful for us. We're thankful that God answers prayers. We're thankful because God gives us wisdom and reveals His truth to us. You know, we make a mistake, but we don't have to make it a second time. We're thankful for each other. That we have the family of God to gather and to build us up and to help us when things are hard. And we're thankful because God gave His Son Jesus for life, so we would have life. Doesn't matter. It's, it is a matter of trust. Do we trust God? That's what it comes down to. If we're living in obedience to God, we know that all things will work together for the ultimate good. Scripture's clear about that. 
It may cost you to be able to share the gospel effectively with others. Are you willing to follow the leading of God and the Holy Spirit in the midst of dangerous and difficult situations? Are you willing to do that? Because Scripture's calling us to do that. Paul and Silas were doing it. And it's telling us we need to do the same thing. Be obedient to God. It's possible to miss God's will and God's plan because we, 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 we will not give up our own rights and demand to have things our own way. And that's not how this works. If someone is able to hear the gospel because of our suffering, then so be it. I just had an epiphany. So a little further down... I'll get get to it in a minute. When we commit ourselves completely to God's care and we yield our personal rights to the Lordship of Christ, we become obedient to what God would have us to do and to receive salvation. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says, Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Don't lose heart, it says. Trust and obey for there's no other way. We all need to be reminded that obedience requires action. We need to be willing to step out and do what God seems to be leading us to do. And we will see good results because of it. We will see good results. They might be further down the line. They may not be today or tomorrow or next week, but we will see results from it. But all of this requires completely yielding yourself to God's will and to God's goodness. But our work is not in vain. So I have to take a moment to say that, that, that I find no joy. I don't know how to find joy or rejoicing or singing of praises in the Uvalde situation this week. I can't find thankfulness in that tragedy. There's no need for me to recount the details here because we've all heard them over and over. Uh, But I will say this, that we've got to stop arguing and find a way forward to stop this this senseless violence, to protect kids and teachers. And and our politicians want to argue, they do. And it's easy to say this or that or he's in fault or she's at fault. They're going to have to come together to figure something out. It's going to have to be a a mutual effort to figure something out. No reasonable idea should be dismissed. It should be an act of biblical obedience to work together for the good of our kids and our society. We We need to be praying without ceasing for our lawmakers. Now, what I, the, the epiphany that I had was back up here when it said, someone may have an opportunity to hear the gospel as a result of suffering. There's nothing to be thankful for with Uvalde, but someone may hear the gospel because of it. So as tragic as it it is, their lives were not taken in vain. Does that make sense? If someone sees and hears the gospel because of this, then it wasn't 
I don't even know how to say it. We need to be praying, friends. We need to be praying. Obedience is service. Obedience is being a part of the body of God. Obedience is baptism and loving your neighbor, taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen.